0: Hello and welcome to DairyPod. I'm John Penry from Dairy Australia. In September 2023, the Bureau of Meteorology declared an El Nino climate pattern for Australia. El Nino is linked with an increased risk of drought, heat waves and bushfires, which we have already seen in southeastern parts of the country. In this episode, Dairy Australia's National Animal Health and Fertility Lead, Zoe Vogels, speaks with Craig Wood, a veterinarian in Victoria's tarang Maud Lake region and a CFA Deputy Group Captain, about how dairy farmers can prepare for bushfires. The discussion offers some practical advice on planning for the safety of animals, your farm team and property, as well as how you can ensure that you are in the best possible position in the event of a fire in your region.
1: Hello, I'm Zoe Vogels, the Acting Lead for Animal Health and Fertility with Dairy Australia, and I'm here with Craig Wood, who's a veterinarian um, at uh, terrain Mortlake. now this episode, we're going to be talking about the key aspects of planning for the upcoming, uh, bushfire season. Um, and Craig is here because not only is he a, a cattle veterinarian, but he's also part of the CFA. So first of off first off, thanks for joining me, Craig. Um, would you be able to just tell us a bit more about your, um, your, your time as a veterinarian and what got you into being in the CFA?
2: Thanks So, Yep. So, uh, I moved to Southwest Victoria 20 years ago. More than now, but I've lost count. Um, and moved to Terrain More, like vet clinic work there. I now I've taken on a role with Pro Dairy, looking at preventative herd health, probably more as a district role now. Just in the last few years, uh, CFA wise, yeah, I was involved with Neuron CFA and still am, but also have a role as deputy group officer at the uh, for the Camperdown Group.
1: Excellent, um, and I guess in terms of um... Bushfire experience, like obviously you fought a lot of fires. Um, one one kind of big, well, experience you've both been part of is the St. Pat's fires um, back in 2018. Um, you, you know, as dealing with the aftermath and me on the ground as, as a farmer. Um, in terms of talking about the fires, um, I know uh, the bushfire season has already started in some parts of Australia. Um, and we're officially uh, in the L. Nino, Nino. You know, yes, as I, <laughs> I can pronounce. Yes, I now.
2: officially correct. Yep.
1: So, so it's going to be a, a long dry summer. Um, so, there's some some things that farmers um, can prepare for. Um, and the first off is, can you talk through how farmers can plan for or prepare um, to, to how they would keep their cows and their young stocks safe in the event of a fire or, or in the conditions that might lead to fire?
2: Yeah, look, we all often sit and talk about this and it's, it's good to actually sit around the table and have a bit of a chat about this and not wait till the last minute before we uh, think what we should be doing. I think often young stock are overlooked and they're often not even on the place and so that can be an issue because they may be kilometres away certainly around here and off farm so managing them is probably harder sometimes I think than managing, managing the milkers so having a, a paddock or something that's that's eaten out, or in you know a paddock that's got crop in it, would be a really good start, especially for for your young stock. Come dairy, it's difficult because they're going to move day on day. Um, so knowing where they are and where you would like to get them if a fire did come through would be something that that I'll be looking at doing. I'm not a big fan of having a massive twenty four page plan for what am I going to do if a fire comes because the cow's going to be in a different place so it's more about I think sitting around and going on these days are not looking particularly good so it doesn't have to be a catastrophic day or anything like that or not even a total fire band day but days where the wind starts picking up and and our relative humidity is low and a fire could get going just knowing I guess where the cows are Who's going to go get them? Often farmers are sitting on the back of a truck as well, which is another issue. So they might have already been called off farm. A lot of a lot of our clients and farmers are, are part of the, the CFA down here in Victoria. So knowing who's actually going to do that would be a good start. And where are they going to go? So do you have a, a summer crop that they can get to safely or are you going to bring them back into the dairy with sprinklers on? And how, how would you manage that? But... Yeah, you know, it, it's having a rigid plan is probably not the best thing, but having I guess broader this is how we go to do it and on those bad days or the days that look like it's not gonna be particularly good, it's just like right, I'm gonna be around. I'm responsible for that if it's safe to do so.
1: So, Craig, if we've talked about um, safe paddocks such as, you know, summer crops or, or chewed out um, paddocks. Um, I guess, what are some examples of, of unsafe paddocks, so paddocks that you'd really prefer your stock not to be in?
2: So I guess paddocks that are difficult to access would be problematic, especially if they're surrounded by bush, that um, would that's going to be an issue to get to and be able to try to keep those safe. So somewhere that isn't surrounded by bush and that is easy to access if need be, would be an ideal place to, to have them.
1: Yeah. yeah, I asked that question of my son yesterday and the first thing he said was "Oh, long grass because I guess greater fuel load and you know more burning around their feet. So I guess it's also making sure the staff know, not just you.
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not, and the staff know it. And nowadays, you know, a lot of places do have workers and potentially workers that, that aren't from the area or they might be from the city or they might even be from overseas. So they might not understand bushfire bars yeah. particularly well.
1: Yeah. Um, and I guess another thing I, ha- I thought was important to talk about is the c- key considerations around water supply. So obviously a bushfire, high bushfire risk day is also going to be really, really hot. Um, what are the key things to consider for, I guess, water supply for the stock and also water supply for the other things that might need to happen that day?
2: Yeah. So absolutely. Like whatever, wherever they're going, they're going to need plenty of water that is going to be able to be available. Um, bear in mind, you may or may not have power at that stage. So uh, something that you they could access that that may not need power if you haven't got a generator that's kicked in, but I'm sure we'll chat about that a bit further down, um, would be important. And then not only supply for, for stock, but potentially having water supply for firefighting equipment as well would be really essential. Ideally, something that the fittings that we can... Uh, hook into it as well and grab water if we need to. Um, Hand being now to direct, you know, fire is to, to your water source, whether that be dams, creeks yeah, or tanks that you've got water stored at.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing um, on the St Pat's stay is where we were that night. We have a dam there and the CFA actually set themselves up there with a pump and they were coming back and refilling from our dam. So, like... That for me was very uh, comforting because I knew that I knew where we were.
2: Yep, that's right.
1: Yeah. Um, so I guess there's, there's talking about you know, protecting the cows and making sure they got water. There's also about protecting um, the dairy and the infrastructure. And I guess there's a couple parts of this. Like, first off, it's what are the key things um, you recommend in terms of reducing the fuel load um, and how intense fires will be if actually. Come across your property, or if there's a spot fires.
2: So, I mean, just following your basic principles around uh, houses and dairies is the same thing. It's just making sure that that we do have reduced fuel load around buildings. Um, so that that's clearing away any debris and long standing grass, not on the day, obviously, but start doing that now as we're heading into to our fire season down here. Um, so that that needs to be prepared. Whether you do put some brakes in some. And, or plough around you know the edge of, of your property put a fire break in so that does certainly occur on some places probably more so in some of our, our beef and uh, cropping areas than down on our dairy areas but it's still good practice to do and certainly if you've got bush on your place having breaks can just give you a little bit of time to get in there and fight a fire if need be on bad days we are going to struggle any which way so it's they will run fast and they will run quickly, especially here where we're dealing with a lot of grass fires. Um, they can run pretty quickly. So anything helps.
1: So, Craig, we've talked about reducing the fuel load. Um, the other thing I guess is how, I don't want to know how common it is that far, uh, fires actually start on farm, but what are the things, the key things um, for farmers to talk about their, their staff to reduce the chance of fires starting on your farm?
2: On the really bad days, running machinery out in paddocks can be, it seems to be a, a way that a lot of fires start. Um, I guess potentially shorting out of electric fences and things like that. If you haven't cleared around those, that would be another way of starting, slashing yeah, any any of the power equipment, which we shouldn't be using on those really extreme days anyway. So, but it seems to be, can be a common way of some of the fires starting.
1: So Craig, one of the things... Um... I remember it was when I was talking with a friend after Black Saturday and she'd been at, she's from the UK, uh, she'd been at a wedding out in the, you know, out in the bush, you know, there was, it was a horrible day, there are fires burning and she just didn't have any idea about fires. Um, and one of the things is, we've mentioned earlier, is that farm staff are either from other countries and they don't know what fires do um, or they're even from different areas. Um, I guess, what are the key weather conditions that increase the risk of one bushfire, but also really bad bushfires that farmers can really make sure their staff know about. So I guess
2: the main one really is, is wind speed and that's probably one of the biggest factors. So certainly temperature plays a role and often it's down certainly Southwest Big you know, as you get your higher temperatures, you often get less humidity. So it's kind of a combination of a few things, but it's the wind speed that probably gets us. and it and it makes it a lot. I mean, fire behaviour is going to be a lot worse when we've got a higher wind speed. So it doesn't have to be a forty three degree day for a fire to start and get running, and and for us okay. not to be able to wrap it up.
1: So so I guess just to give me an idea, what's what's a, a bad wind speed and what's a really bad wind speed?
2: Well, we had hundred k an hour winds through the other day. I wouldn't want to yeah. be fighting a fire or- in those. But um, yeah, when we're sort of up 30 k an hour is starting, you know, they think fifty k an hours getting up even further. I'm a sailor, so I'm talking knots most more to me. But, yep, certainly as we're getting those wind speeds up, there's a, there's a whole equation that goes through and lots of fire behaviour based off from speed, relative to humidity and temperature. So it does, there's an equation that goes through. how.
1: Going? Yeah, and that actually reminds me. Um, so last fire season, because it was so wet over summer, I didn't, I'm ashamed to say, I didn't really pay that much attention to, to the weather. <laughs> um, they have got a new fire rating system. I do. Is there anything specific that you think is important? Like it's still got catastrophic and extreme. Is there anything specific about that that you think is important for farmers to
2: know? It says high and yeah, high and extreme and catastrophic.
1: Uh, I got myself a diagram so I could remember because it was new, Craig.
2: Where it is, and it's now Australian wide.
1: It is. It is uh, moderate, high, extreme, and catastrophic.
2: Yeah, moderate's aren't as bad, but certainly once we're getting into high extreme catastrophic and then you've got no rating, which we would be at at the moment down this way as it's raining outside in this part of a sunny Australia. Yeah, But um, yeah, so as soon as you're even in to hide there's the potential for that fire to, to start going. Once you're in catastrophic, the chances of us being able that dead resources there in time are going to be limited. and depends on where you are, obviously, too. Like we're talking of this fairly southwest peak. You know, it's fairly populated. We've got a lot of brigades fairly closely situated, but as you move to other parts of Australia, that's not going to be the case. Um, and they're just the time to get out the door, not to, you know, and if it's a bad day, there's potential that there are other jobs as well. So you can't be reliant on a an appliance getting there within five minutes That yeah. for the younger LSDs.
1: And actually there's just one other thing I wanted to ask you. Um, when, when you're talking about um, the weather, um, what is the importance of the cool change and, and having people know what that is?
2: So again, that's gonna be specific probably to us a little bit down in Southwest Victoria, so.
1: Do they not have cool changes in other parts of the
2: country? we will, but they will from different directions. So it's us yeah. knowing our weather down here. So we in general in Southwest Vic will be northeast through to Southwest change. I'm sure it's different in other parts of Australia, which I won't need to know about, but it is important that we do know that that's going to happen. And as, you know, as farmers, that most of our fires possible will probably come from North. This is why wind direction is really, really important to know and what it's going to do. So if we've got, say, a northerly in Southwest Vic that's burning and then we get the change, so what was the flank of the fire will now become the front of the fire. So it, it really can cause havoc, and we're, we're certainly on the fire ground. That's what we're looking for, and we will know when that change is coming through and try to resource it as best as possible. But yeah, farmers certainly need to be aware of that as well.
1: And I guess, like, like I said before, it's it's also making sure that their staff know about it and their families and all that kind of stuff as well. Um, okay, so I guess one thing going back to the actual um, protecting the farm. Um, and and the infrastructure on the farm, um, is there anything uh, in terms of equipment that farmers could consider if they want to actually either fight spot fires or help you know defend in certain cases?
2: It depends on where people. Are. Quite a few people actually have gone and bought ex ex fire brigade appliances, and certainly as I go a little bit further north, a lot of farms will have their own firefighting truck uh, and and will man that during the. Um, during those periods uh, where there might be the risk of fire starting so they'll have that ready to go make sure that is working if you do have one of those little slip-on units are really handy for spot fires and trying to just stop those so something you can put on the back of the unit thousand litre it doesn't have to be too special thousand litre tote and a pump is just enough to stop some of those fires and then hopefully you get other resources coming, and even in the form of trucks or water carriers. like we'll bring in water if we need to. Yeah. Helicopter, play, plane. <laughs> plane, helicopter, be hoping for whatever's coming. But for spot fires, you don't need a lot. Um, so yeah, just something on the back of the unit and put it on one of those days that we think it's, it's going to be ordering. So yeah.
1: Um, I guess the next thing I wanted to ask you was like, what are things that farmers can be, be doing now? Uh, to prepare for after a fire, so that, that's either after they've been impacted by a fire themselves, or after their their um, region has been affected. So you know, there's been a fire somewhere else, and it's taken out all the power for a, for a section. So what is what are some things that farmers can be doing to prepare for that?
2: So if we're talking about power, obviously, and we we saw this through some Pat's, is is the inability to milk cows post fire. Um, if we don't have power, we don't have any way of making power. So I do half on this a bit when I'm sitting down doing doing some uh, review business with some of my clients is, do you have something in place for that? Because I think, I mean, obviously you've got the visual impact of fire and the immediate impact of fire on, on animal health, but on, I reckon after some past day fires, some of the biggest effects were actually the inability to milk cows and the, and the health issues that came out of the back of that whether they started dry themselves off depending on where they were in their lactation or whether if they're fresh cows which some were um yeah it just increased mastitis increased somatic cell count it, it, it was havoc and and for some people it was days and days and days before they could get milked and and those cows ended up becoming coal cows in the end for some of those farms so it was just, yeah it, they weren't impacted by fire themselves there was no fire on some of these farms but they had some massive losses um you know back end. so having a generator personally i quite like those PTO driven ones just because you probably know your tractor's going to work um i would hope so but if you've got another generator that's fine just make sure it does actually work and people know how to use it and people know how to connect it and you know there's a there's a bit to them so as far as getting the right roofs and, and getting it all sorted there. So making sure it all works pre-summer would be a great idea. Um, power for water as well. So it, it's really important now that we do, unless you're all gravity fed and it, it's pretty much, we need power for, for lots of things. It's having a generator or some way of producing power is important.
1: Yeah. Um, it's interesting. One of the first things our field of, so I should, I should say to the audience, I'm, I'm married to a dairy farmer. Um, And one of the first things after the fires, our field officer said, he said, well, one, he said, are you guys okay? But then he also said, can you milk? And he also said, can you keep it cool? So I think it's also not just being able to milk it, but also being able to keep it cool cool as well, because they still can't pick it up otherwise. And potentially they may not be able to get in to pick it up yeah, yeah. On, on where you're at as well. Yeah. Um, and I guess, is there any um anything else like in terms of um, records or inventory or, or anything like that, that farmers can be doing now?
2: Well, having records off farm would be a great idea and backed up, which I know sometimes we back things up and, and leave them in the USB stuck in the computer, which if we lose that, that's not really going to help us much but uh, records are really really important so having them backed up off farm somewhere would be an awesome way to go um especially as most records are now computerized and not paper so yeah having that would be something they'll be looking at having done as well sometimes a grab bag with some things in it as well that you can just grab and go would be worth having so whether you, you do have a backup in sitting in that grab bag that you can go with um, personal items that you might need. So.
1: Yeah. Oh, actually, that's that's a good point, Craig, because um, so one of one of my aunts, I have a few aunts, but one of them in particular, um, she had a, like a, a box that was by their front door. They were up near the Grampians and it was always there ready to go in fire season with like her treasures and, you know, photos and what have you, all, all ready to go. So she didn't need to think about it at the time if they had to, to leave. And I guess another thing, um, like I know this is about... Um, you know, dairy cows and farming. But I think it's also really important to how to plan and what you're going to do with your animals and your pets, um, isn't
2: it? Yeah, <laughs> it is. And and sometimes it, it may be that you have to make that hard decision and, and leave them for your, for your own safety. So, it, yeah, it can be a difficult decision to make.
1: But even like, I guess, thinking about, all right, how am I going to move them? Do I have enough cages for my cats? Do I have their medication? Horse float ready to go. Horse float, all that yep. kind of stuff. So I guess that's one other thing to think about now. Um, and I guess, um, actually there's, there's one, there's one thing I was thinking about when we're talking about, you know, knowing about fires and preparing for fires. Um, a long time ago, I did my, uh, my, my countdown training to be a countdown advisor, Craig. And I think you'll like this little anecdote I'm about to tell. And one of the group training activities, you know, the get to know your training activities is you're in your tables and you were given a scenario and the scenario was, you're in a spot and a bushfire is approaching and you had a list of things that you had available and you had to rate them in co- according to importance on your own and then you had to do it as a group. Um, and I still remember when I did it, like I don't know how I did, I was kind of mediocre across the board. But there was one table and there was, there was six people, five of the people, they got some of the lowest scores individually, but as a group, they, got, they topped it and that's because the... The sixth person was a CFA captain oh, and I God. still remember that, Craig, because I'm like, oh, it's really important to know stuff when you're, when you're dealing with fires and if you know what you're doing, it can, well, in this scenario, That's they scenario awesome. yeah. But I guess um, we talked about, you know, um, looking after the cows and looking after the, the farm. Um, it's also important that we keep people safe. And I guess what are some key topics for farmers to cover with their staff and their staff and their families when they're... Um, looking forward to the bushfire season.
2: So again, I, this is where you have a, I guess, a, a rough plan of, yeah. of where you're going to go, it can't be too detailed cause we can't predict where the fire is going to start and where it's going to go. So, but it needs to be, okay, when it gets to this weather conditions, some of the family might go off farm, purely because it just limits like trying to find five people and say, we're going, if you're on there on your own or with one person you can work together and work out when you need to go and not have to worry about where everyone else is on that farm so potentially limiting the number of people that are there may help um knowing where they're going to go where the safe way to go is and it depends sometimes you might have two hours notice sometimes you might have five hours notice but sometimes the fireback might actually start on on your property and they're very different scenarios as to how you're going to handle them because Sometimes it might be minutes and yeah, sometimes it might be hours. But on those really bad days, it might be that you know 8, 9 o'clock in the morning, a lot of people are going off that farm and, and going into town for the day.
1: Yeah. Um, and I guess in terms of um, like communicating on the day and finding out what's going on, this is where power's important too, isn't it? It's
2: really important and mobile phones are important nowadays when you've got mobile phone reception. And, and it can all go down, like don't expect that everything is going to be working. You will sometimes lose mobile phone communication. A lot of the alerts now, and this is Australia wide, will push through to phone. Um, there's apps, so certainly in Victoria, there's, there's an app and I'm sure the other states have, have apps that will push through notifications. And nowadays they have the ability to push through on text message as well, but I still don't think it's a substitute for knowing what's going on and sticking your head out the window and seeing what's going on. Um, don't rely on someone else having to make all the decisions for you. You need to take a certain amount of responsibility for yourself. If there's smoke coming and it's getting getting bigger uh, and it hasn't come up on the app yet, I'd still be thinking that, hang on a second, there's something going on here.
1: That, that reminds me, so... Um... Oh, on the St Pap's Day, so in Creek, we're in Scots Creek where there's no reception until like a month ago. I had to plug in my landline to ring my mother to say, Mum, why is there a glow? Like what's happening? And the radio never caught up. Like they were saying there was a fire in terrain. I'm like, Well terrain's like thirty K's away. What's the fire on my back door? So like I, I think, yeah, you can't ever assume that people will be up to date with what's going on.
2: Yeah, so radio is, a, is another way. But as you said, it is all the information is potentially delayed. It yeah,
1: delayed. yeah. So, um...
2: And if there's multiple fires going, it can actually become quite confusing. And the settlers in Pat's day, I'm sure you, you probably found that as well, is it just there were multiple fires. So yeah. which one are you following or which one are you looking at? And, yeah, sometimes it is just a matter of looking out the back door. Well, hopefully not seeing the orange glow, <laughs> but it uh, can be a
1: giveaway. Yeah. And um, I guess, like... Um... You're talking just, you know, like you might not have much notice um, when it, it, there's a fire approaching. Um, I guess what are some really key things for farmers and their staff to talk about in terms of, you know, if, God, if you need to shelter or what should you be wearing if there's a, on a fire day? Like what are some really key things to protect yourself from um, the fire? And I guess one of the key things um, is like the radiant heat from fire because that's the thing that is often the killer Yep. just they have so much heat so what are some things that farmers can be talking
2: about oh yeah, as i said hopefully they're not not into that in that situation but certainly long long sleeve clothing that's not synthetic and gonna burn really easily would be uh, a good start and and so maybe a way of being out of cover at least or protect yourself from some of the smoke as opposed to radiant heat um being out of shelter often the house is as good a place as any as far as shelter sheltering is concerned and Having water that, like, that you can wet things down and, and try to keep the fire from getting too close to the house. And again, if you've had all that preparation um, and we're clear around the house and the radiant heat shouldn't be as bad and the house is probably as good a place as any as to shelter. But again, it's going to depend on, on what that fire is doing. Uh, this is where you've you got to be able to just be able to think on your feet a little bit. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um- yeah, I guess I guess one thing I was thinking of is, you know, like, but the other day I had to get some stuff ready and, and go to Melbourne for the week, and it took me so long to get all the stuff I needed. Yep. Um, and like, if I had to do that on an actual fire <laughs> day, like it would take me so long. Is is it worth people like right now going through and say, all right, well, what are the things we're going to be having ready to go on that day?
2: Yeah, so this is opposed to the grab bag that we're talking about. Well, this just, talk and there's a grab bag. There's equipment floating around. But I think, yeah, as I said, maybe a ute and, yeah, long sleeve clothes um, that aren't synthetic would be, be a good good place to start. Um, yeah, make sure your phone's charge on the day, maybe a radio with some batteries, things like that um, would be where I'd be, be looking at. But, yeah, you do not want to be doing it when you're under pressure because certainly we can all falter under a bit of pressure. So, um, yeah, yeah, having it ready and and as I said, you cannot have a detail. Like it can't be, I'm going to do this because you just don't know which way it's going to go. But you can have a broad idea of if it's doing this, this is how I'm going to do it. Like it it can't be too specific. It's got to be, think on your feet to a certain extent.
1: Yeah, but this is going to be the stuff I I prepared for it. I mean, stick in the car. (laughs) No, put it in the car. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Um,
2: Just, yeah, on cars, obviously last minute driving, roads blocked, trees down, fires, power lines down is, is...
1: So don't do that.
2: Don't be doing that. No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess, Greg, that's kind of, I guess, all, all all questions I had kind of to ask you. Um, I guess, is there any other, um, are there any like places you recommend for people to go to to get more information? Um, like, you know, there's, there's individual states about their own fire authorities, which will have information. Is there any other um, things places people could go to- yeah and probably
2: just before we sneak onto that i guess the other thing that i think was post yeah i've post a lot of these fires was looking at a lot of the a lot of the damage around tdn damage and things like that that so the animal's not been visibly affected but having tdn damage especially in in uh, young stock and so you, i found that out of some past these. Yarn stock and heifers that were at our paddocks, but obviously when they came into milk had, had blind quarters or blind teat ends because they'd been impacted by a fire. Um, lame cows are obvious, burnt cows are obvious, but I think it was that teat end damage on some of them that was... Um, so, is-
1: so so like I guess in terms of being able to prevent that or, or handle that, like, you can't be there on the day, but like, has, it, has is insurance important in terms of being able to cover?
2: Having insurance is super important and that's something you can do now. If, uh, I'm not going to say go get insurance, but if you can't afford to pay for it out of the back now, then yeah, you need insurance. And for most farmers, that, that they do need some insurance around that, so make sure they are going to get covered. And what is covered in that insurance? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that's pretty, pretty sound advice there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah. then resource-wise, well, the Dairy Australia website does have a lot on it, which refers you back to the CFA and, and a lot of others. Yeah.
1: things. Yeah, it had a bit of stuff on, um, you know, how to milk with no power and, and what to do if you have to dump milk if people can't yeah. come in. Um, and certainly the CFA stuff um, and...
2: And the MLA, the MLA's got some good stuff around as well, yeah. um, just a slightly different perspective, but uh, certainly all relevant, so... That would be another good resource to go to all of your so we talk, keep talking cfa but obviously you know we've got farms that aren't in victoria but um but most of your fire agencies will have information about when to leave and that's really gets pointed out and you'll see ads on tv about when when to leave uh when to stay and when it's too late to leave is is really important and then they'll have the information around clearing up around your house on all of the yeah, i all of your um, fire agencies around Australia.
1: Awesome. Well, that's it, Greg. So, thanks so much for, for coming in and, and talking with me today. Um, and, yeah, thanks everyone for listening.
2: No worries, not a problem, Zoe. Thanks,
0: Ed. You can find out more about bushfire preparedness by visiting the Dairy Australia website or by contacting your state based fire authority. We have also placed a link to useful resources in the episode notes. Thank you very much for listening, and if you have any suggestions or ideas for future episodes, you can get in touch with us by emailing dairypod at dairyaustralia.com.au. Take care, and bye for now.